Well, we are in part two of our series on Acts, and uh, we've been calling it What Could Happen. And uh, last week, as we kicked off the series, we also started our ninth campus. And uh, St. Paul now has a River Valley Church in it. There were over 800 people there. We had people that gave their life to Jesus Christ. Come on, let's welcome, even at all the campuses, come on, welcome St. Paul to the family. We're glad you're part of this. Love it. Enjoyed so much of it. And uh, just uh, we're, we're doing this because we want to expand the circle. That's what we talked about. We want to expand the circle. People need to know about Jesus. And as we talked about in week one, we said we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis uh, spirit power that's on us to expand the circle and reach more people with the message of Jesus. And so uh, just excited for what God is doing in this series and helping us to expand in St. Paul and wherever we go next. Now, I want to say that in the sermon, I talked about that pastor that was arrested and captured and then uh, released and and just happened just a couple weeks ago. I saw an article in the paper uh, last week. Many of you were sending it to me digitally and saying, hey, did you see this? This is what you preached about. And I thought it was interesting. They were saying, this is like the book of Acts. And I was like, I said that in my sermon, you know, it is. This guy gets taken, they pray for him, he gets released. And they said, we are living in the book of Acts, times like that. And I couldn't agree any stronger. And I'm saying, God, do it again. Do it again. What could happen if we just said, God, we have the power, you want to expand the circle, and where do we go from here? So today, as we continue this series, uh, there's two things I want you to remember. We've already talked about, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to expand the circle. But for today, I want you to have two things as well. I want you to realize that you need to step outside your comfort zone, all right? And the Holy Spirit is already there preparing hearts. I want you to step outside your comfort zone, that's what, when I look at the book of Acts, I see that over and over and over again. Step outside your comfort zone, but realize God is already at work outside your comfort zone, preparing hearts for you to reach. And at this point of, of following Jesus, when you get in and you say yes to Jesus as your Savior, you're saying, thank you, Jesus. And as soon as you know him as, as Savior, you've got to realize he's Lord. And you're not just saying, thank you, Jesus. You're saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. If the church is going to continue to expand the circle, we're moving into yes, Lord, beyond thank you, Jesus. I mean, if we find some lost money, how many know we say, thank you, Jesus, right? How many know that, like, you know, if you win the game, thank you, Jesus. You know, if you find a good spark parking spot, thank you, Jesus. I'm not sure he gave it to you, but just thank him anyways. All right. You know, but how many know when yes, Lord is different? Yes, Lord, is I'm going to step out. I'll step up. I'll take up my cross. When you ask me, when you prompt me, when you call me, when you push me, when you pull me, when you prod me, when you urge me, when you lead me, I will step out of my comfort zone. Yes, Lord. And if the church is going to continue to expand, if we're going to continue to do what God has called us to do, if we're going to continue to live like the early church did, obedience is going to have to be there. We're going to have to tell people about Jesus, and we're going to have to say, yes, Lord, I am willing to go outside my comfort zone. I am, I am so driven by this. Um, I believe Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. I believe Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. I believe Jesus Christ, he died for their sins and they could be forgiven. I believe that they can have peace with God. And I believe the only way that the world can be saved is through Jesus Christ. I see that in Acts. That's the book we're reading. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. 
It's right there. It's right there in Acts. But Jesus said it himself. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, that's something that might sound familiar to us. We say, we, we understand those things, but you got to understand in the day and age that Jesus lived in, people had their gods, all sorts of different gods and all the other religions in Babylon and all the other areas, they would say, you have your God and we have our God and they have their God and everybody has a God. And they'd wonder which God was the best God. But they would never say, like, you don't have a God, and your God's not the right way, and your God won't get you anywhere. They'd just say, you have a God, and they have a God. and every It was easy, easy. Get along with everybody. Everybody had a God. They wondered whose was the best. Jesus comes along and says, only way. Only way. This is it. And he said it there, and it was confirmed over and over again. It's the only way. And the whole world needs to know about the name of Jesus. And so I'm thinking all the time about how do we get out the name of Jesus? I want people to know the name of Jesus. I, I know that um, if we take Jesus out of what we're doing right now, we're a nice civic group. And there's nothing wrong with Rotary or Lions or PTA. They're great civic groups. But I'm telling you what, you can't find forgiveness in them. You can't find salvation in them. Again, they're great groups and they should continue doing the good they're doing. But we have Jesus here. We're not just a club. We're not just a get together. We didn't start another campus. It's not a franchise. It's a church. It's a church to preach the name of Jesus. It's a church for people to come and find Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I was doing a wedding at a, a beautiful venue, and I won't even say the name of it, but um, I get to do a lot of weddings and, and people ask me to do it. And now I'm so busy and I just say, hey, I asked some of our staff. They'd love to do it. And, but I remember I was doing this wedding. It was at this beautiful venue. And I said, what church is this? They said, well, it's not really it's a church. It's more of a religious gathering place. It's okay. What, what, what do you talk and preach about? And they said, kind of our main theme is know thyself. And I was like, know thyself? That's it? Like, that's the theme? They're like, yeah, that's it. And it was printed right upon the door of the entry. I can't call it a church of the building that was really beautiful, but it said, know thyself. And I'm thinking, I don't want to know myself. I know within me there dwells no good thing. That's what the Bible says. I mean, I know that you need to know Jesus. Not, I don't want to know me. I want to be forgiven of what I know about me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I want to know Christ and the power of, of his resurrection. That's what I want to know. And so I'm, I'm telling the world about Jesus and not about me. And forget Rob, but remember Jesus. People ask me, why do we do multi-site? Why do we give so much to missions? Why do we do kingdom builders? Why do we keep expanding the circle? I mean, because it, it, it says they're, they're, they must be saved. It's by the name of Jesus. And so if he saved me, he must want me to tell someone else about him. I, I, I believe that lost man is, is bound and that they can be set free in the name of Jesus. I really believe there's a hell and I really believe that God doesn't want them to go there and he's told us to go out into all the world and make disciples and preach this message. And so I live with that. I, I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and wonder if we're doing enough. I mean, I know we're sending out 500 missionaries we're doing, and we're giving to kingdom builders and missions, but I live in a struggle of not how much should I give. I, I live in the struggle like how much should I keep? It's just, I want to do more. I want to do more. And because of that, I live differently and you live differently because we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're expanding the circle and we're going to step outside our comfort zone and we're going to realize the Holy Spirit is already working and preparing people's hearts. All right? So we've been reading through the book of Acts. And if you've not been reading through the book of Acts, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, this weekend, we're in the teens. I believe we're right around um, Acts 14, 15, right in there for this weekend. And I want you to just continue to read. But I, I've got a, a, starting in Acts 9 here, 
As I read the book of Acts, I realize that the Holy Spirit is moving and he's pushing people outside their comfort zone. And I just want to point to you how the church grew as people stepped outside their comfort zone. In Acts chapter 9, we have the story of a man named Saul. God later changes his name to Paul. Paul wrote a bunch of the New Testament in the Bible. Okay, but his name was Saul, and he hated what the church was doing. He hated the name of Jesus. He hated it, and he would persecute Christians. And he got a letter so he could go to Damascus, and he could actually persecute Christians. And while he's on the way there, in Acts 9, it talks about he's on the way. He, the Jesus has a blinding light, knocks him off of his donkey, speaks to him, and has a confrontation moment right there. He's blinded from this, blind, from this bright light that he's seen, and he's waiting now in Damascus. Can you imagine that? You're going to persecute Christians, and then all of a sudden, a, a blinding light, Jesus speaks to you and says, you're attacking me when you attack my church. And then he's got to be just thinking about, like, you got to be kidding me. He's just in awe of what's going on. And here's where I want to point out where it comes outside his comfort zone. He's sitting there waiting. He's had this God moment confrontation with Jesus. And then in verse 10, it says in Acts 9, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. It's different than the bad Ananias, the one that lied and died a few chapters earlier, all right? This is a good one. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. Remember I said, Savior, Lord? Yes, Lord. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he's come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, this whole account here, Ananias is like, if the church is going to grow, if something's going to happen, Ananias is going to have to step outside his comfort zone. He's like, Lord, do you, know, do, you, do you know what you're doing? Which is kind of a stupid question to ask God. <laughs> do you know? This guy's bad. He's really bad. Like, he's not inside my comfort zone. I am not. He's not there. Do you understand? I'm just, and he's like, no, you got to understand. I'm downloading to you what's going to happen here. This is going to enlarge. This guy is going to expand the circle. You have to do what I'm telling you to do. And Ananias says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The Lord is going to speak to you to step outside your comfort zone. He's going to say, lead this ministry, start this life group, do that, go there, talk to this person. It's what the whole book of Acts is going on. They're being led by the Holy Spirit, and it's way outside their comfort zone, and it's exciting, and it's church growth, and the circle is enlarging, and I think that we should live that way in our everyday life. Expand the circle. Ask God, what do you want me to do to step outside the circle? Acts chapter 10, here's another one, stepping outside the circle, outside the comfort zone. I'll, I'll summarize this, and I'm, I'm kind of going through a lot of Acts here, so I'll summarize these things, but I'm giving you the reference where it is. In Acts chapter 10, we have Peter, and he is in a home, and he's praying. Matter of fact, if you go on a global team to Israel, you will actually go to the city. We will be blocks away from where Peter was, and we will actually go to the city where Cornelius was, where he was praying. 
So this story in Acts chapter 10, you would see this. And, and Peter's is having this vision and, and it appears to Peter, he doesn't know how to explain it, but he says something like a white sheet comes out of heaven and he sees pictures on it. Like Peter saw the movie. I mean, the first movie. I mean, he saw the drive-in right there, you know? He says, there was a white sheet that came out of heaven and on it, I saw these images. All right. So it probably was in HD too. All right. So he's just watching this. And, and, and he has this thought of these animals that were unclean. And the Lord says, go ahead, eat them. And he says, I can't. See, because he was prohibited from eating those types of animals. They were unclean. He has the vision again. God says, go ahead, eat it. He said, I can't. It's unclean. Third time, go ahead, eat that. I can't. It's unclean. And God's like, no, what, what was unclean, I'm making clean. Like, you're going to understand this. There are going to be three men that are come to your door right now, and you're going to go with them to Cornelius's house. Three men are standing there. He's like, all right, I'm going. He goes there and, and, and he gets to the house and he gets to Cornelius's house. And the thing that's amazing is God has already been preparing Cornelius for this moment. Remember I said, you got to get outside your comfort zone and realize the Holy Spirit is already preparing hearts. He's getting, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yes, three guys. Okay, I'll do it. He still doesn't fully understand it. And what's happened is God is preparing the heart of Cornelius. God has had an angel reveal himself to Cornelius. And he said, Peter is going to come here and he's going to tell you what to do next. So Cornelius can barely wait for this moment. And as Peter shows up, I can't imagine the excitement. I mean, if you have an angel visit you and the angel says, send some guys to go get Peter. And now Peter's showing up at your house. How many know you're excited? I mean, just in, in the weird way I read this, you know, you read this and you're getting ready to preach on it. I just read it. And one time I read it and I was just kind of like, Lord, I was just trying to get into the story. And I just saw... Cornelius kind of like elf, you know what I mean? Like, he's here, you know what I mean? I know it wasn't like that, but that's just my mind. Like, he was just like, he's here, he's here, he's here. Here, sit, sit down, sit down, sit down. He's here. Get this, okay, he's here, you know? I mean, if you have an angel telling you what, that you're gonna have something happen, you are ready. And just the anticipation in the womb, like, he's here, he's here, tell us. And Peter starts preaching and they're like, we believe. And then boom, they get baptized and the Holy Spirit starts speaking in tongues. Peter can't believe this is happening. He water baptizes them. It's all outside his comfort zone. Okay, I want to point this out as we are going through Acts here. Even the strongest people that follow Jesus are struggling to step outside their comfort zone. Ananias is so tuned into God, he's getting visions from God. And he's like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? I mean, that's tuned in. Okay, Peter is having visions from God. He's a disciple, an apostle. And he's like, I don't, uh, oh, all right. And he's even worried later on when he's going to go tell the church, like, I stepped outside the circle, you know, and he's like worried. He's worried. Matter of fact, think about this. Paul in Ephesians 6, 19 says this. Okay, so Paul, Saul, who's now Paul, he's, you know, been knocked off his donkey, all this stuff. This is what he says in Ephesians 6, 19. Pray also for me so that when I begin to speak, the right words will come to me. Then I will boldly make known the secret of the gospel. He's like, pray for me. I get into situations outside the circle, outside my comfort zone, and God wants to expand the circle. And I'm just asking you to, to pray for me that I'll, I'll get the right words at the right time and then I'm going to do it in boldness. Yeah. I'm not going to back down. Just pray for me. Yeah. Matter of fact, we're doing our prayer meetings at all of our campuses. Be praying for boldness. Yeah. 
You're praying for boldness. You're like, I've never brought anyone to church. I've never told anyone about Jesus. I've never invited anyone on the journey. Man, pray for boldness at the prayer meeting. Pray for a boldness to expand the circle. And it's okay if you're fighting fear. These guys had struggles and they were the best of the best. It's okay. But don't let fear hold you back. Fight through the fear. Fight through the fear and open up your mouth. Now, I'm not asking you to be street preachers. I thought that might get an amen. Like, oh, probably got an old my, but all right. I'm asking you to step outside your comfort zone. I'm asking you to just to, to be able to say, God, I want to expand this circle. I'll live in this world. I'll live out my faith. I'll tell people about Jesus naturally. Okay? And, and, and the, the church isn't served very well when you jam Jesus, you know, into the wrong thing. You know, like if you're at work and they're like, did you see the Vikings last week? You're like, yeah, they're lost like people without Jesus. And he's the true MVP. Omaha, Omaha, hut, hut. I mean, you do that, that's kind of confusing. You know what I'm saying? Don't do that. All right, talk about it naturally. Listen, share your testimony. Man, I was this, but then I heard the message of Jesus Christ, asked him to forgive me, and now I live this way for Jesus, and it's open to everyone. How easy is that? Man, I was addicted to drugs, this, lost, unhappy, successful, but really not happy. And then I heard the message of Jesus Christ. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. And now I have purpose. Now I have peace with God. Now I'm moving forward in this. And that's open to everyone that wants that. Very easy, very simple to do, to share your testimony. And then take advantage of all the different on-ramps that we have. We have so many. I mean, we have church on Saturday and Sunday and Sunday night. We have Bible studies like, and different uh, life groups that are going on and Alpha, story after story after story. Eric at our Crosstown campus, his assistant was trying to share her faith with, with her boss and, and cleared his schedule for 10 weeks on Tuesday night so he wasn't traveling so he could go to Alpha and just put it in on his schedule. It said Alpha. He goes, what's Alpha? And, and she's like, well, you're going to it, you know? <laughs> He's like, no, I'm not. She's like, well, I quit if you don't go. All right, what time is it? All right. He found Jesus, and now he's on fire for God, and his whole family's on fire. Jason Grisula, I mean, at Apple Valley, he came to Alpha. I said, it's a waste of time. I don't even believe this. This is a joke. My wife's got me here. This is a joke. I don't even believe it. Now he's one of our 500 missionaries, okay? There's opportunities. There's service projects that we do. Serve your city. There's special events like Sparkle. Sparkle's a sellout right now, and Annie came to Sparkle and gave her life to Jesus Christ, and now she's a faithful person at Minneapolis campus bringing other people. We've got people that have been saved at different men's outreaches and different things. Campus night, the other night at Minnetrista, Lamel. Lamel was walking by, heard the music, and walked in. Heard the music, walking on the street. Lamel heard it, walks in, comes to worship night, comes to church Sunday, and gives his life to Jesus Christ. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, and what you don't know is Minatrista has been facing like noise issues, and the police come every other week and they're like, it's too loud. We can't turn it down. Lamel needed to find Jesus. That's what I'm saying. We got to turn it up. No, let's work with Minatrista. Let's not get arrested, all right? Prison ministry. Anyway, all right. <laughs> There's global teams. Global teams. This is not like 10 years ago. This just happened on a global team that just got back from Vietnam. One of the people on our team, Keith, he's a big guy, and he was walking in Vietnam, and a lady there thought he was part of WWE. <laughs> 
she started to talk to him and invited him and his wife to the, her house for dinner. And so they went over there and she's never, they shared the message of Jesus. And she said, I've never heard, the, this just happened. They just got like, I've never heard the name of Jesus. And she prayed this prayer when she said, you know, dear Lord Jesus, and she said her name. And she said, I live on this street in this province, in this country, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And she did that while WWE was on TV. I mean, there was body slams and new life and all this going. This is, that's Book of Acts. Global team, winning people to Jesus. Get outside your comfort zone. Get outside your comfort zone and realize God is already preparing people with WWE and other things. And, and he's, he's, he's doing things that we can't imagine. See, we think we have to do it all in our strength. And God's like, well, you just get outside your comfort zone with the power of the Holy Spirit to expand the circle because guess what? I've already been working. Yeah. And I'm looking for you to get involved what I've already been doing. Right. In Acts 16, spoiler alert, we're not there yet on our reading, all right? Just letting you know, spoiler alert, all right? But many of you know already. Paul, remember Saul, now he's Paul. He wants to go to Bithynia. He wants to go there. He wants to go to Bithynia, and he wants to go there on this to, to reach those people, but he can't. The Holy Spirit is withstanding him and not allowing him to go closing doors, and he has a Macedonian vision. He has a change of plans, and in Acts 16, we have a jailer. There's an earthquake. He's put in jail, and there's an earthquake, and Paul leads the jailer and his family to Jesus. Talking about prison ministry, there it is, right there, way outside your comfort zone, but right in the will of God. If you say, well, I, I really, uh, prison, no, I don't, I don't want to do that, all right? Same chapter, Acts 16. Paul, stepping outside his comfort zone, meets Lydia. Who's Lydia? Lydia is a lady businesswoman. The Bible tells us she's a seller of purple. What does it mean? She was from a city that was known for a beautiful purple dye. She is on a business trip to Philippi. She's not, this is not her home, but it was her territory. Come on, business people, the travel, and I see you when I'm flying, and you say, oh, hey, Pastor Rob, good to see you. In, and I ask you where your territory is. This was her territory. Philippi was her territory. She wasn't just on the business trip. God was about to bring her into the family of God on a business trip. Paul is there. How did Paul and Lydia get there? Lydia is not in her hometown. She's in her territory on a business trip. Remember, Paul wants to go to Bithynia. He can't get there, so he goes to Troas. He's longing for Rome. He's thinking about all the needs of Europe, but he falls asleep. He has a dream. He has a, a dream, go to Macedonia. He gets on a ship. He lands in Neapolis. He gets to Philippi. And remember, Bithynia was his plan. At the exact same time, he goes to a riverbank to pray. Lydia, at the exact same time, is selling her purple goods. They meet up. They pray. He shares about Jesus. She gets saved. She gets water baptized. And she says, come, please stay at my home in Philippi, which takes Paul to another place with him and his disciples. All because right place at right time. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit was already at work. Jesus wants his church to expand, and you have to get outside your comfort zone. Paul's like, I know where I want to go. This is where it is. And then there's a dream that changes everything and pushes him to another location. This is the way it works. In Acts 17, 
As we continue, the circle is expanding. It's outside the comfort zone. Paul is now having to talk to people that have all sorts of gods. Remember, they have all sorts of gods. And Paul says, I've noticed that you have an altar here to the unknown God. What you might not realize is they had altars all over the place to the unknown God. The people of Athens 600 years earlier had a pestilence that was destroying all their crops. And so one of the bright people of the town said, let's release a flock of sheep And wherever they lay down, we will sacrifice them to the nearest God shrine to wherever they lay down. We've got to stop the pestilence. And if they laid down anywhere where there was not a shrine in the area, they sacrificed that sheep, totally false, but they sacrificed that sheep to the unknown God. 600 years before, they're setting up the opportunity for Paul to break in and say, I see you have places dedicated to the unknown God. Let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you why these sheep laid down in these spots. You know why? Because the Lamb of God laid down his life for you. Because the Lamb of God sent me here at this time to expand the circle. And I'm listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say. And he's telling you that he's the Lamb of God. And they didn't lay down to the unknown God. They laid down because they recognized the King of Kings and Lord of Lords laid down his life. And and he shares the message with them. Now, I'd love to say that the whole village got saved, but the Bible tells us in verse 32 of Acts 17 that some people laughed at him. And when you share your faith, some people will laugh at you. But that's okay. You stay obedient to what Jesus said. It says in verse 33 that others thought about what he said. And when you share your faith, you invite them to church, you invite them to do this, you be, ask them to be a part of this. Some people will think about it and they'll just move another step closer. You keep sharing your faith. You keep opening your mouth. You keep inviting people to know who Jesus Christ is. But then it says in verse 34, some of them became believers. Some people will laugh at you. Some people will think about it, but others will say yes to Jesus. We just keep following what the Holy Spirit says and we keep sharing our faith and we see what God does. I want us to be recommitted to this. Man, we have the power to expand the circle. We have the power, and, and we're now we're saying, God, take me outside my comfort zone, and, and, and let me realize you're at work. Do you realize this, that um, we, just, we have all this power, and we don't use it? We have all this power available to us, and we don't use it. Studies have shown that 95% of all 4x4 SUVs never go off the road. They have the power to go off the road, and they never do it. I know that's true. I went to like a Jeep driving school and they, I owned a Jeep Grand Cherokee years ago and they said, how many of you have taken yours off the road? And only the people like with the Wrangler had done it. The rest of us that had the Grand Cherokee that we couldn't figure out how to pay for were like, I ain't taking that off road. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> thing is, I ain't taking it. That's still it's paid for, you know? And they're like, yeah, most of you never do. You have all this power available and you never take it. Off. You have all this power available and all you're doing is just sitting in your cubicle. Come on, God's like, get outside this circle. Get outside your comfort zone. I've given you the ability to open your mouth. Watch what I can do. Watch what I can do. Get outside the comfort zone. Your your gift may take you outside your comfort zone, and you may speak to rulers and kings. You may speak to rulers and kings. I'm blown away. One of the men at our Crosstown campus, Brady, he shared with me, he has a bracelet. And he happened to be in the company of the Dalai Lama. I mean the Dalai Lama, okay? And he's right there, and he's right there with the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama asked him, he said, what's what's the story about your bracelet? He said, well, you asked. (laughs) He said, this is about Jesus Christ. And he shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with the Dalai Lama. 
I'm just, you can't make that up. You can't make that up. I'm just telling you. So I was thinking about this the other day. I said, I hope the Dalai Lama can't sleep and he just thinks about that bracelet and he keeps thinking about the story of Jesus and he realizes he's not a deity. Jesus Christ is the one true God. Hey, your, your gift, your story, your adventure with God will take you way outside your comfort zone. It'll take you way outside your comfort zone. But here's the deal. God has already been working on people's hearts behind the scenes. You got to believe that. You have the power for a purpose. And the purpose is to expand the circle. And as you say, God, take me outside my comfort zone. Who knows where he will send you? Who knows what he will do? But I believe this. God's been working there. And you're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle. Hey, some will laugh. That's, that's okay. We're going to keep being obedient because God's smiling while they're laughing. Some will think about it. Hey, maybe you're just the nudge to move them one step closer. And some will say, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm praying that our church will grab a hold of this again and say, God, shake us out of our comfort zone and let us grab hold of all you have. I want to do this. I want to close with a prayer that Sir Francis Drake wrote in the 1500s. It's called Disturb Us, Lord. I don't usually do this, but I feel led to do this. And I just want to pray this over our church. Lord, disturb us, Lord, when we're too pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we've dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, Lord, when with abundance of things we possess, we've lost our thirst for the waters of life, having fallen in love with life. We have ceased to dream of eternity, and in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wilder seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of land we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push back the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. This we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. God, disturb us. Help us to realize we've been given the power to expand the circle. Lord, we're going to get outside of our comfort zone, and we're going to work with what the Holy Spirit has already been doing. We believe that the name of Jesus brings salvation, and we'll keep preaching that, we'll keep supporting that, we'll keep living for that, and God, we will live for that well done. Disturb us. We don't want to get comfortable. God, disturb us. Help us to start more services, more campuses. Give more, do more. Disturb us for your glory and for your honor. Do it again. Do it again, we're praying. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.